a Podcast One production. As digital has started to impact our lives and our businesses, we've been given this opportunity to have that human conversation at scale. So gone are the days where we have to do market research once a year. We can actually sit in the conversation with our customer every single day. And that's true customer intimacy or customer connection. I'm Margie Hartley, executive coach to senior leaders around the globe, as well as 11 of the top ASX-listed companies. And this is Fast Track. We all know that the workplace, whether government, private or corporate, can get lost in their own messaging. Things like, we are a purpose-led organisation, or most recently, the customer is at the heart of everything we do. This is an excellent sentiment, and I'm not downplaying this goal and ambition. But what does having the customer at the heart really mean? What does it look like? And who is really doing this? I know when my insurance company decided to go digital a number of years ago, my experience wasn't at all customer-led or a positive experience for me. The sentiment was spot on from their head office and their intention was fantastic, but something went wrong along the way. To unpick this curiosity called customer connection is Jane Peacock. Jane is a passionate advocate of customers. She is a chief digital officer for hire and her business, Partners in Digital, helped to build strong digital brands for their clients. She's worked in digital for the last 20 years and has formed strong views on what it really means to be customer-led, customer-centric and customer-focused. Jane, I've had so many poor customer experiences. I was actually facilitating a leadership team recently and I told them that if they could solve the problem of the customer, they might rule the world. Their big problem was that they thought looking after the customer was selling things to them. Don't customers just want to be looked after? Oh, absolutely. And and I think it's it's you know I've I've worked with and for organisations like that, um, Margie. And you know there'll often be a poster on the wall that says you know customer centricity or the customer is always right. And and often when you dig into it, there's they're, they're not looking at the customer or sitting in the shoes of that customer to really understand the experience from their perspective. They understand the experience from their own perspective. And, and if we genuinely want to deliver on this promise of customer centricity or caring about our customer, we need to know who they are. We need to know what they think of us, how they feel about us currently, you know, where potentially we are not delivering as well. And, and I think that can be a, a quite a scary uh, conversation to have for a lot of organisations because the answer can often be, well, I, I don't like your products or services or I'm not happy with you or, or I don't actually like dealing with you. So I think there's a lot of fear around that kind of conversation. Okay, so you're an expert in this area. How did you become passionate about customer connection? Um, I think I started my journey, um, I was really lucky to get a job working for Bates Saatchi Saatchi in South Korea. So this is 20 years ago. 
And, and I had to start on this journey to, we were launching a campaign for Pampers. So Procter and Gamble were launching a Pampers line in, in South Korea. And, and obviously I'm not Korean. I, I spoke Korean, but I'm not Korean. And I'm also at the time, I'm not a mother. And so my journey to understand that customer started with understanding the market research. And I felt like it was quite dehumanizing. I couldn't understand the human being as I'm reading the market research. And then even as I sat in on focus groups, because you do those sort of old school kind of have customers sitting around the table and you'd start to understand the customer. And I felt that I still wasn't really understanding who this person was. And so then I would go out and and my way of operating at the time was to go out and find 10 mums, so 10 young mums at the time and have a conversation. And I used to find that I could get so much deeper into really understanding who they were because I could understand the person by name. So I started to really build a human picture of that customer. And so I could stand in their shoes and really start to connect with them as human beings. And, you know, as digital has started to impact our lives and our businesses over the past 20 years, we've been given this opportunity to have that human conversation at scale. So when you think of of social media, we've got this opportunity to have a two-way conversation. So gone are the days where we have to do market research once a year or, you know, or focus groups once a year. We can actually sit in the conversation uh, with our customer every single day to really check in and say, how are you going? What's going on with you? Um, How are you feeling? And, and that's true customer intimacy or customer connection is being able to sit on the virtual couch with my customer and have a conversation. And, and how powerful is that when you can start to understand what their needs are from their perspective, not from our perspective as business owners and leaders, uh, because often it's very different. This idea of even connecting with others at scale I have to say that Mm. a lot of interactions I have are very dehumanising still. So why haven't most brands progressed further than they have? I think there's, there's still this idea that, for example, social media, which is one of the tools we can use, that, that it's somehow the realm of the marketing department. Uh, you know, it's not something that I should do as a leader. And so there might be some fear or some discomfort in having the conversation as, as human beings. And so what I often do with clients is I coach them around this idea that, you know, firstly, let's understand our, our customers, then let's understand what they need from us. And then let's give you the license to be actually human. So you can be authentic, you can make mistakes, you can be a bit silly, but it's your job to engage in the conversation. And, you know, what my client said recently during COVID, she feels like she's sitting on the virtual couch with her customers. Amazing. So that means that every day she can check in and say, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? Um, you know, and really have a very human conversation because I think as humans, we are a bit, sometimes we make mistakes, we're a bit goofy, we, we, you know, we're not always perfect, we're not always polished. And so as soon as we have the license to be that full human version of ourselves, then, um, you know, customer connection and intimacy flows. Mm. Yeah. Which comes back to my story about my insurance company. I used to have a lady I used to call the auntie. And every year for about 15 years, she called me 
twice a year, one for my house and one for my car. And she'd say, hello, Margaret. And I'd say, oh, call me Margie. And she'd say, how are you, Margie? And I'd say, very well. Now, is this a good time? I'd say, yes, it is. It's fine. And then she'd take me through a really stepped conversation. She didn't just land me with, this is how much it's going to cost. What do you need to do? And I called her the auntie. Yeah. And one year, the car insurance went to a whole online experience. And I missed ticking a box that said my 18-year-old daughter was now driving my car. And someone hit her and drove off and I had to pay $3,000. And at that point, I felt incredibly resentful that actually I'd been lulled into this experience with an auntie on the phone. And then now it was my fault for not ticking a box that I didn't see the first time I did it. And they were unforgiving. And I changed insurance companies after uh, almost 20 years. So that for me is an example of actually the really good intention from head office and really poor execution. And I think that's pretty common. Do you? I do. And, you know, I think we all have experiences like that, um, you know, and and I think what I'm seeing more and more happening is this idea that there is someone that holds the customer experience from end to end. Rather than just the marketing department. Yeah, because because what happens with the customer journey or customer experience is that you know, that human being is flowing through marketing to operations, to customer service, to sales, to finance and back to marketing again. And what I see time and time again is this poor human being, you in this case, Margie, is getting passed from silo to silo. And there's there's no integration. There's no one holding that person, in your case, you, through that journey. And And that ends up creating, you know, all sorts of, I call them kind of walls that are put up and we expect the customer to have to climb over that wall to get to the next step. So customer intimacy, customer connection, uh, delightful, beautiful customer experiences require someone to hold that person from end to end. And, you know, I think there's a reason why digital is hard and, and I see it as the, it's the conversation elevator and the silo buster because you cannot, you cannot sit down in those silos and deliver a delightful, beautiful value-filled customer experience without building that collaborative team to enable it. So, Jane, what's an example of customer intimacy? Um, can you bring that to life for me? So I'll share a story of a, of a client who, you know, like all of us, we've gone through COVID and, you know, um, human beings have plummeted to the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So it's all psych- psychological and physical safety. And so for the brands that I work with, we said, right, for April, we're going to get rid of all sales and focus on connection and empathy. That's what we're focusing on. And so what we then did was we focused just on daily sharing beautiful stories that surprise and delight and bring our customers into a community so that we've bonded together. And so then every day we had touch points and we're bringing them together. We're having a conversation daily and we're building a tribe around our brand. And that's not hard to do. That just takes a willingness, like you were saying in the beginning, Margie, to show that you care. If you genuinely care, you will put the effort, the time and the space in place to enable that. Um, 
Another one I had that's probably not a client, so it's not, you know, it's it's about a brand that I think did a really beautiful job. And I'm a I'm obviously digital as the space I work in, so you would expect that I I'm really great with technology. Uh, the opposite is true. Um, you know, <laughs> so I, I was using an online a website to order. Um, they're called Hampers Emporium, and you can order these beautiful hampers to say thank you to someone. So it's a gift of giving. And I made a mistake. And so I hadn't actually progressed the order. And so I was getting a bit irate with the system because I like to know that my package delivers and I can then follow up and call the person on the other end and say, hey, what did you think of your bottle of whiskey? And and did you enjoy it and have a conversation? And and so I jumped on the, the chat window and I started getting quite, you know, I was trying to be measured and I'm getting upset. And they picked up the phone and called me immediately. So a human being called me. He said, you know, my name's David. How are you going, Jane? You know, I've looked at everything. What can I do for you? And he knew that I was the one that had made the mistake, but he sat there the entire time, probably 15 minutes of his time, just having a chat, just being human. And so at the end of that call, the result for me and for the brand is that I'm now a brand advocate and so I told everybody that I know that if you want to give a corporate gift, you need to go to these guys because they look after you and they've got this beautiful customer service guy that takes care of you. So that's an example of a brand, you know, that's a reasonably big brand that that still manages to hold their customer and they've got trigger points when something goes wrong and an alert gets fired and so then a human intervention is enabled. So that was, yeah. So typically I'd think you're digital, so it's all about dehumanising. But what you're telling me is that there's a place to hold both of these, the digital technology experience, which makes it faster, easier and more efficient and effective, and then the human element, the connection. I often work with teams with this idea of clarity and connection, and if I'm hearing you, it's all about efficiency of service and connection. We can't lose the connection. Oh, it's Maggie, it's I I think digital is one of those things that is is so misunderstood. And and so when we go into a client, we define it as the human experience of technology. Your staff use it to communicate your value and your customers travel through it to access that value. So really it all comes down to human beings. And so we can't do anything unless we understand them, unless we understand the problem that we're there to solve. And the technology is just the enabler. So often when digital goes wrong is, is when we start at technology rather than starting at the human beings. And so when we talk about the internal piece, the efficiency gains, we need to tap into the collective intelligence of our people to make it better, to enable them to create more value for the business. And when it's our customers, we can actually co-create products, services, tools, and assets with our customers. So it's it's a huge opportunity, but you're right, Margie, it all comes down to humans and understanding humans better. Let's talk about selling and even selling through COVID. It felt wrong. And you mentioned before that you were adding value. I didn't sell anything to my customers over that period of time. Mm. It felt wrong because it was about human connection. How do you get a customer connection during a time like a pandemic or a COVID when you've actually got a bottom line and you need to do your cash flow? 
How do, how do people approach the customer? So I'll, I'll share a quick story about my experience, Margie, because, you know, even though I'm someone who na- enables customer intimacy and connection for a business, I found that I was failing myself. And so when COVID hit, I, I too found it really difficult to sell. And a lot of people said, Jane, you should be aggressively selling. Digital is all we've, we've got. You're the digital enabler. Why are you not selling? And I said, I actually don't think ethically it's right. I don't think it's humanly right. It's not kind. You know, when we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they're down the bottom. They're not going to want some growth advisor to come in and tell them how to do their business. So I actually didn't. I said, for the month of April, I'll give away my value. And people thought I was mad. And I ended up having a 100 really meaningful conversations with people that enabled me then to rebuild my entire business around real problems that I can solve. So so really the, the key here is for any business is to start to firstly have a conversation with your customers, start to engage them and understand the problems they're facing right now because even just having that conversation creates connection because all I'm saying is how are you going, what problems are you facing and how can I help you? That's a really strong connection enabler because there's vulnerability, there's authenticity, there's honesty and there's care in that conversation. And so if we all can do that, I think there's a huge opportunity to build greater connection. And Jane, you said to me earlier that you thought you knew what empathy was. You thought you knew what connection was. And then something changed. What happened I think I always, I made the mistake that I thought empathy is kindness, Um, but empathy is actually being able to sit in the shoes of somebody else. And, And I wasn't doing that. I was acting in the way that I thought I would if I was kind of in that position, as opposed to actually getting up and standing in their shoes. So so if I stand in the shoes of, of owners of businesses during COVID, I wouldn't sell to them because I'm empathising what they're feeling, which they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling stressed, they're, they're not sure where to go. So, so that's empathy, is standing in the shoes and going, okay, how are you feeling? What's going on right now? What's impacting you right now? And, and it took me actually many, many mistakes acting from kindness. And I'm an extrovert, so I tend to go straight to, to talk a lot and try to be funny and try to be bright. Um, but that doesn't work for everybody. So I found that I was hitting a brick wall and then I went out to a actually a digital connection of mine and said, I know you're an empathy person, that's what you do, can you teach me empathy? And so she actually <laughs> went through a series of exercises to coach me on, on empathy and true listening, like being able to listen between the lines to understand what is the problem that you're not telling me you know, the elephant in the room. So that was, I'm still learning. It's a really hard thing, I think, to do very, very well. Uh, But getting coaching definitely helped me, Margie. How do companies do that then? So I talked about the disconnect between head office and then my experience as a customer. How do we help customers on that huge value chain really connect intimately, human connection, empathy, authenticity, all the things you talk about that are very easily lost in a process? Mm. I think, the Margie, the first step we go through is to ask the question, uh, who is your customer? 
And, and anyone can ask themselves that question. And often, you know, marketing of old used to, the answer would always be something really generic. Like, well, it's a middle-aged woman, you know, she's got lots of kids and she's busy and she makes a lot of money. Um, but with digital, we can get to the point that her name is Jane. She's got three teenage boys. She likes drinking kombucha, likes drinking too much wine. You know, she goes it's to art house Jane. films. <laughs> might, it might be me. <laughs> but, the, but the demand and the opportunity of digital is we can know that person. We can know her. And when we know her, it's so much easier to empathise because I can now step into the shoes of Jane and go, well, how's Jane feeling? And we do a, an exercise called an empathy mapping exercise, which is not my process. It's by a strategizer and you learn what are the pains, gains and, and jobs to be done. And that's really quite eye-opening for businesses because they get to see, firstly, we map their value and then we understand the needs of the customer and we see that most businesses are meeting two out of, say, ten needs. So the other eight is where growth sits. So we can develop new products, services, tools and assets. And if we then create more value for that customer, we're increasing connection whilst also enabling the business to, to tap into new new markets and new growth opportunities. Uh, so they would be probably the three steps that I would take. Any And any business can, can go through that journey. And I would say the marketing team are probably chomping at the bit to start that process, I would say. At the beginning of any team process or a speech that I give or talk, it's about what do I want the audience to feel, think and do as a result of me being in the room? And, you know, how might they be feeling about you know, me at this stage at two o'clock standing up in front of them. Yeah. So it actually helps you do those. So there's some really short things you can do, aren't there, like that. And then there's the very thorough investigation into who your customer is. Mm. Jane, I am just so thrilled to have been able to talk to you today about customer intimacy. It's something I'm passionate about and frustrated about, as you heard, at the same time. And I think we're on a really beautiful path of building intimacy through technology, but also allowing us to be really human. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, my pleasure, Margie. It was a joy talking to you. Fast Track was presented by me, Margie Hartley, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Tina Matalov. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. To hear more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au, download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Fast Track Podcast.